Let's, uh, let's pray. Well, God, you are awesome. And we love you. Yes. And the love that we have for you is deep. We know who you are. We know your love for us. And we know your desire to be in relationship with us so that we could just draw close to you. So that's exactly what we do. We draw close to you right now. We open ourselves up to hear from you. In the name of Jesus, we command our mind, hear from the Lord. We command our soul, worship the Lord by hearing what he has for us. Father, as an act of my will and Kara's will, Lord, we yield to you. We say, Holy Spirit, you be heard. You have your way. Do that awesome thing that you do where that you just bring life to these words and you make it apply as if this message was spoken directly to, to, to each one of us. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, so we are switching gears a little bit. We have three topics that we've been covering in this Heritage Series. Profound love for God, which we have been on since we started. I think we're like in week seven. And so we've been on that one for a long time. I think we got that one down. Uh, We are now moving on to our second one, which is genuine love for his church. And then just to the last one will be demonstrative love for his lost. So those are the three basic things that this church, Impact Rock, everything that we do will fall into one of these categories. Profound love for God, genuine love for his church, and demonstrative love for his lost. So every outreach, every children's program, every sermon, every song, they will all filter through these three things. These feel like, these are like our heartbeat. This is what we're based out of, based on. So switching gears to genuine love for his church brings some questions to my mind. How do we exactly do that? How do we love his church? Who is the church? Well, we are the church, right? And all these other people and other churches all across the world are his church. And the church is not a building. It's not a set of rules or guidelines or, um, you know, traditions. It's people. We are the church. We are the temple. We are his living, breathing, moving church. Right? Okay. So the better question is then how do we love his people? If we are his church and we are people, then the better question is how do we love his people. The definition of genuine is truly what something is said to be, authentic. So if we if we genuinely love somebody, we have to be authentic. Have you ever talked to someone and you're like you walk away and you're like, gosh, this was so fake. You know, they're like, oh hi, how are you? It's, life is great, and you're like. Oh, does that ever bother you? I'm like, that bothers me. I don't like it when people are fake. I don't like it sometimes I'll like put on a smiley face and I'm like, okay, Kara, that was pretty fake. It's not, we can pick out phonies. We can be like, yep, phony, 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 fake, whatever. Our kids can pick it out. You know, it's obvious. We don't want to be fake and say we're loving and say we care about the loss and say all these things that we're supposed to do as Christians and not actually care and not actually love, right? Not actually do anything about those things. You know, I, I actually fall into that every now and then. Every rare now and then, I'll have a, a pat answer. Someone's like, hey, how you doing, Mark? I'm like, man, I'm doing good. Then I'll stop myself. Actually, now can I back up? Dude, man, I, it kind of sucks right now. Can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? You know, it's, I'm, having a rough, I'm having a rough spot. My answer, forget that last answer. You know, but sometimes we instinctively, especially at church, you know, we just instinctively go, oh, well, we're good. You know, I'm good. But there's times we got to go, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Hands right here. Just pray. Start praying. I'm, 
You know, and we got to say, hey, I, you know, I, I need, hey, you got a second? I got to, you know, I need an ear. I need, you know. So as we are being genuine with each other, as we're loving each other, you guys, we can be real with each other. We can. You know, the answer is not always blessed. Hey, how you doing? Blessed, blessed. No, sometimes the answer is, blah, you know, and it comes out. But you know what? We got to be able to be real with each other. We got to be able to be real and genuine. And so in our loving to each other, a basic key principle that we're going to talk about today is serving. In order to love, we have to serve each other. If Jesus, the Son of God, found it important enough for him to humble himself and serve his disciples and to serve his community, and he served everywhere that he went, gosh, oof, we need to be serving, right? We need to be loving. That's how Jesus showed his love, is he served. He honored people. He loved them. He showed them that they were important. And so as a church, our goal is to not be busy with church life. You guys know what I mean? Have you ever been involved in church? And it just, it is, it gets busy and we will be busy. But that, we don't want that to wear us down because we're just busy functioning. Our goal should be to touch and to minister and to serve. And each one of us has our part in that. It might be different. Some of us might be in the kids' ministry. I saw today, signs going up everywhere, tables going up, kids running around. Even the kids were setting up stuff. We're all serving so that we can have church. But there's ministry, there's relationship, there's love pouring out during that whole process. Um, I have So our title for today is Serving. Um, and I have a little quote from Warren Wearsby. He wrote a book called On Being a Servant of God. Here's what he said. The trouble with too many of us is that we think God called us to be manufacturers when he really calls us to be distributors. He alone has the resources to meet, meet human needs. All we can do is receive his riches and share them with others. Silver and gold I do not have, Peter announced. But such as I have, I give you. That's out of Acts 3, 6. When it comes to ministry, all of us are bankrupt. And only God is rich. Like Paul, we are as poor, yet making many rich. That's out of 2 Corinthians 6. Like during the feeding of the 5,000, the multiplication took place in his hands. The distribution was the work of his disciples' hands. So I think a lot of times in serving, we think we have to manufacture all this love. I have to give love, and I have to be nice, and I have to, you know, notice when somebody's upset so I can be Johnny on the spot and pray for him. And those things are true, but we don't have to manufacture anything. I don't have anything in myself that would be good enough to give to anyone, right? It's all out of him. That's right. It's out of his love. It's out of everything that he has made and created. And we're just like the UPS guy, the distributor, the delivery, yeah. right? That's just delivering the goodness of God to everyone that we meet. And that is serving. Okay? I recently heard my friend, Missy, she's a pastor at um, Highway Community in Boulder. And she said, you can't give what you don't have. How many times have we as Christians run empty and we're not going back to the manufacturer and we're just trying to give out of our own self and we lie in bed at night going, oh, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm frazzled, I am, you know, all of those things. Why is that? It's because we're not going to the source to be able to give out his goodness, his love, his refreshing water, his breath of fresh air. We're trying to give out of our own self, and that 
that'll last you just a little bit. And you're like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> That's all I got, right? And so the key to serving is serving with a joyful heart because of what he has for us to hand out. Okay? He's our best example. If he, the Son of God, found it necessary, how much more necessary is it for us? In serving, I think we all have played a part in a church or in something where you're trying to give up your time, give up your love, giving of your gifts and all those things, and you find yourself exhausted because somehow in the process your heart changed and it wasn't about the people. It was about the work. It was about being there an hour early. It became an inconvenience, right? And that is when our hearts begin to shift and we become weary. I, I can't set up chairs one more day. I'm so, I've been doing it for two years. I'm so sick and tired of setting up those stupid chairs, right? Or whatever, right? But if we keep our mind and our heart focused on God and let that love flow and realize it's about the people, isn't it easier to serve? I mean, Jesus was probably inconvenienced a hundred million times in a short little ministry, right? People grabbing on him, calling him, come over here, heal my brother. I'm going to, I'm going to put this guy through the roof so you can heal him. Please listen to me, Jesus, right? He was on demand every minute of every day. He had to go up into the mountain. He had to go away to just be with the father because it was so much pressure. Think about that every day. Jesus, Jesus, we need you. We need you. My brother, my sister, my, my daughter, da-da-da-da-da. Every day, you know, we think Jesus like, yeah, oh, he walked on water and he just didn't have a care in the world. Yes, he did. He cared so much about the people that he carried the weight of everywhere he went. Oh, my gosh, people, people, people. I have to love all these people. And he was able because he's Jesus. But where did he go? He went to the father. He went to the manufacturer. He went to his daddy and pulled from that. And that is what he gave. If he had to go to the father, woof, be like, daddy, every second, daddy, Lord, Lord. And so I want, as we talk today, I just want us to keep in mind the purpose of serving isn't about the chairs. It isn't about the stands. It isn't about our signs. It isn't about, you know, working with the kids when they're rowdy and it's been a rough day. We're human. Those things, they tax us, and, you know, they are what they are. But if we focus on the fact that it's about people, it's about people meeting with God, it's about love being poured out and people's lives being changed, I'll set up chairs till I die. That's awesome. You know what I mean? It's a heart change. You're welcome. Sharing. (laughs) So last week uh, I preached on giving. And I had a great time. I really did. I loved preaching on giving. It was wonderful. Because giving is fun. It is. Giving is fun. Because we're supposed to do so with a cheerful heart. We're supposed to do so with joy. And just going, Lord, thank you for the opportunity that I get to to give. And I get to love. Well, church, serving is the exact same thing. I could have just duplicated my message last week. Changed a couple verses. And every time I mentioned giving, I could say serving. Because it's the same mindset. When we serve, we are supposed to do so cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. Well, God loves a cheerful servant. God loves a cheerful minister. When we serve, we're supposed to do so. Not, not begrudging. Not being forced into it. Not resentful. You guys, there is blessing in serving. 
But we miss the blessing if we do so with with a, a bad state of heart. You know what I'm saying? When you're like, the same thing that Carol was saying, oh, I've got to do that again. We have to, and if you're like me, it has to be a conscious shift in our in our way of thinking. There has to be a conscious shift saying, okay, Lord, this isn't just some you know, uh, insignificant task. This isn't just some physical duty. Lord, this isn't just some obligatory action. Mm-hmm. Lord, I, I get to represent you and I get to do this unto you. And I get to touch people that I love and that you love. And it's a powerful thing. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, I want to read this passage from the Living Bible. It says this, It is God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. Giving and serving. Serving and giving are the same thing. We do it with our time, our heart, our talents. And sometimes it is a sacrifice to do it. We know that. Sometimes it is a sacrifice. But that doesn't change the fact that we're supposed to do so with joy. We're supposed to do so with with a heart saying, there's purpose in this, Lord. This isn't some monotonous action. There's purpose in this. I'm doing it for you. And we're supposed to do so cheerfully. God's created us for a life of good deeds, is what that passage said, which is already prepared for us to do. When we serve other people, we are actually walking in one of our purposes. According to the scripture, when we serve people, we are being fulfilled because we are walking in one of the purposes that we were created for. We are created for good works in faith. We are created for that. If we're not serving, we are not walking fulfilled. A lot of times, you know, people you know, come to a church and they're tired and they're weary. And, and you know, as, as pastors, we're like, Lord, how do we, how do we minister to them, Lord? Do we give them rest? And sometimes God says, yeah, just give them rest. Other times he says, let them serve. Let them serve. But Lord, they're tired and weary. That's all right. Because when, I, when they're serving, I've got some pretty cool things for them. I'm going to fill them up. Okay? We, we are fulfilled when we're serving. Matthew 25, 42 through 45 says this. This is Jesus speaking. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord. So this is the response, our response, the disciples response. Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not minister to you? Lord, when did we see you in these positions and and not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. In that phrase, did not minister to. That word minister. The Greek word for that word minister is diakoneo. Which, let me go ahead and point out, this is one of the few times you will actually hear me pronounce the word correctly, diakoneo. It's Greek, and that is the correct pronunciation. You don't get it very often, church, so enjoy that moment. That word, diakoneo, it means to minister, to serve. Actually, let's put the definition up there. To serve, to wait upon, to minister to. That is the definition of this word. 
Church, when we talk about serving, I want you to know this word means to serve, to minister. When we are serving, we are ministering. When we are serving, we are ministering. You know, sometimes people have very short-sighted and old way of thinking. God bless them, we love them. But they, they use the word serve when it's in reference to a woman. And then they use the word minister when it's in reference to a man. And that's garbage. Men, women, you are ministers and you are servants. You are to minister and you are to serve. That is our purpose. Who are we to do that to? We're to serve Him. We're to serve each other. And we're to serve the world. This whole concept of serving, serving goes in perfectly with our entire premise of this series of heritage. Profound love for God. We serve God. Genuine love for His church. We serve each other. Demonstrative love for His lost. We serve the lost. We are called to a life of serving. Matthew 25, 29. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they that... Uh, and they will have an abundance. But from those who are unfaithful, even what they have will be taken away. I only point that out to say, guys, God has given things with us and they're not to sit there racking up some sort of funky mileage points by doing nothing. I mean, they just, they're not meant to be, they're not these precious things that are meant to be put on a shelf. I love Star Wars figures. I love Star Wars figures. I love the old Star Wars figures from the 70s when I was a kid. And I love the new ones now. But I ain't about buying a Star Wars figure and leave it in the case. I'm about buying a Star Wars figure and ripping it open and playing with Hammerhead. And playing with Boba Fett. You know, and, you know, and, you know, sitting there setting up the cantina and setting up, the, here's Hoth and here's Dagobah and here's, you know, you play with them. Okay, we have our giftings and they're supposed to come out. They're supposed to come out of the box. They're supposed to be used. This passage right here that I just referenced says, if you don't use them, they're going to be taken from you. If you don't use them, here's what's going to happen. Here's how it's going to be taken. So if the Lord wants Jeremy to to serve, is it Angela? And, and he just sits on his butt and won't do it. Then that blessing that he had in ministering to her and serving her, that's what's going to be taken from him. Because God says, I'll just use someone else. Latanya, will you do it? And Latanya's like, of course I'll do it. I don't know why Jeremy didn't do it. <laughs> And then she and then she has the blessing and then she walks in the fullness and she gets to serve. She gets to minister. Church, we are to be a church of action. Put our money where our mouth is. Let's not talk a good talk and not support it with our action. Genuine. Authentic. You talk the talk and you walk the walk. You do what you say and you say what you do. Well, the Word of God tells us that this is what we have been commanded to do. And we're supposed to do it. You bet. Um, Just on these notes, this is who we are. This is who we are since we first started meeting in our house. Just a few of us cleared out the living room and started having powwows going, okay, God, we're with you. We don't know what we're doing, but woo, we're having church. From that first season, people were serving. Since then, people have needed car payments paid. They have needed meals cooked. They have needed love. They have needed time at the coffee shop pouring out their heart. They have needed houses cleaned. They have needed, 
You name it. Somebody in here has needed it over the last year. And somebody else in this body has said, I can help you. And you think, wow, whoop-de-doo, I can cook lasagna. Praise God, someone really needs lasagna sometimes. You know what I mean? I think we think, oh, it's not this spiritual, awesome gift, you know, whoop-de-doo, big deal thing. And so we just are like, oh, it's just, I'm just Dina. I just clean. Or I'm just Kara. I just can watch kids or whatever. Like, it's not a great thing. But if somebody needs what you have and what comes so freely to you, and you're like, ah, no big deal. Take your kids. Kim took my kids last week. I wasn't feeling well. And we had to run, run, run all day. I had soccer. We had all this stuff for the kids. And we came straight to church. And I had to sing. I barely sang because my voice, and I just felt crummy. And she said, I'll take, Keisha was gone. And she said, I'll take the other two and let them spend the night. I was like, are you sure? Next thing I know, I look around. I'm like, where'd my kids go? And Kim's like, bye. And they're driving off. And I get in my car, and I just started bawling. Because I didn't feel good. And somebody took my kids and I could just go home and go to bed. You know what I mean? Simple. But she served me. What a beautiful thing. So I just want to encourage you. Our church already does this. We have already been doing this since the day we started. And I just want to encourage you. You are ministers. When Kim did that for me, that ministered to me. She was being the Lord. She was being his hands to me. You know what I mean? It sounds so simple, and I think we overthink about it and make it the spiritual thing that we have to minister to each other. We are ministering to it. That is the body. When we say profound love for God, genuine love for his church, guys, that that is what we do. That is who we are, and that is that will never change. Amen? Amen. Amen. As Christians, many times we think about, you know, we hear about spiritual maturity, being mature in the Lord. The purpose of spiritual maturity is ministry. That's the purpose of, of being mature in the Lord, is ministry. When we are mature in the Lord, it's not something that denotes how much knowledge we have. It's not, you know, I've got books and books of knowledge and that makes me spiritually mature. No, God wants us spiritually mature so that we can effectively minister. So that we realize it's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's not about myself. My eyes aren't set on myself. My eyes are set on Him. We set our eyes on Christ. Spiritual maturity, the purpose of it is ministry. Mm-hmm. Last week I said, you know, I talked about giving and I said, you know, I talked about the bracelets, WWJD, question mark, what would Jesus do? I said he gave. We also served. He served. It was unmistakable in his instruction to us. Matthew 20, verse 28 says this. This is Jesus speaking. Your attitude must be like my own. For I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life. He's pretty darn unmistakable. Let's take a moment. And if you've got a different translation for this passage, other than get your butts out there and serve, then then I'm open to it. We can have you know, a good discussion. But to me, that's pretty clear. Jesus makes it pretty clear. Hey, I didn't come to be served but to serve and I want you guys to be like me maybe we've heard the comparison before of the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Dead Sea and it's a great comparison when it comes to serving so these bodies of water if you read through the New Testament they're constantly mentioned and that's where the ministry of Jesus and the disciples took place near the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea the Dead Sea is dead 
The Dead Sea is this stagnant body of water that water pours into it, but no life comes in it, no fish grow in it. You don't fish in the Dead Sea. You don't swim in the Dead Sea. It's kind of, it's just funky. And the reason that it's like that is because water comes in and it remains stagnant. And there is no outlet in the Dead Sea. The Sea of Galilee. We see examples of Jesus and the disciples always at the Sea of Galilee, fishing, sailing. I don't know about the sailing, but you know, they, they kind of sailed from one shore to the other. But the Sea of Galilee takes in and gives out. Takes in and gives out. And because of it, it is a body of water where there is life. It takes in and it gives out. We've got to have an outlet. Church, if we're only taken in, if we're only being ministered to, if we're only being served, and we're not serving, and we're not giving out, and we're not pouring out, and we have no outlet, then we're funky. And not like good, like, you know, George Clinton funky, you know, Parliament Funkadelic. That's, you know, I'm talking about, you're just, we're stinky. We're dead. We're nasty. We're, we're dead. We have got to give out. I've asked five people to look up a scripture. So for those five people, can they please get ready? And I will turn my mic off. This one on? There we go. All right. So uh, the five verses I've asked people to read, and I've done this before, but you know what? It's powerful, so we're doing it again. So Mark 8.35, Matthew 10.39, Matthew 16.25, Luke 9.24, Luke 17.33. Okay? Five different passages in the New Testament. So Mark 8.35. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Thank you, James. Well done. Matthew 10.39. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Thank you. Well done. Matthew 16.25. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Mine's going to sound weird because it came out of the message. Uh, it says, self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, it's my way, uh, to finding yourself, your true self. And Luke 17:33. By the way, this side of the room is much more holy than this side of the room. Just kidding. <laughs> whoever clings to this life will lose it, and whoever loses this life will save it. Let's go ahead and switch power from here. Back to you. Do those passages sound familiar? I challenge you to find any other topic in, in the Gospels that's mentioned five times that says it verbatim the same way. God so wanted this driven home that he put it in his word five times and said it the same way. 
Mark 8.35 is one of these that James read and read first and read well. Mark 8.35 in the New Living Translation. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. Church, we are only truly alive when we're serving. We really are. That's, that's not hyperbole. That's not, that's not preacher speak. That's the truth. We're only fully alive when we're serving. There is such fulfillment in serving. And here's the thing. Let's make our serving like our giving. It's unto him that blesses others. We do it unto him, knowing that the people he loves and send his son Jesus to die for are going to benefit from it. But when we give, we give cheerfully and we do it unto him. Romans 25, or I'm sorry, Romans 12, 5 says this. We are all parts of his one body. And each of us has, has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. We need each other. We need each other. We are all part of his body. And there's not an insignificant part. If I said, I need a volunteer, and just just bring me your most insignificant part of your body. Just bring your most insignificant part. Maybe it's like, you know, maybe it's like Vander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, you know. Holyfield didn't need that part of his ear. Tyson chomped it off. So maybe Maybe that's, you know, Bring me your insignificant part of your body. We're just going to... Okay, how about this? Your hair. It'll grow back. Right? It'll grow back. And let me do some Holy Ghost trimming. Let me... There's not an insignificant part of our body. There's not an insignificant part of His body. Every act of giving we do is significant. Well, I'm, Mark, you're up there preaching and that's huge. And I'm only setting up chair. That's garbage. It's an act of service and it's not insignificant. There are no insignificant works of ministry. They're all significant. They are all needed. Is this any more important than this, than this, than this, than this, than this, than all of it? Our acts of service to the Lord are valuable and significant and we do an injustice to ourselves, to the body of Christ and to our Lord when we, when we demean them by saying it's just this. I'm just doing this. It's, it's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. And we give so joyfully and we do it joyfully. So whatever it is we do to serve, we do it joyfully. So tonight, right now, we are going to ask the Lord to take his stethoscope and do a heart check. Because when he does a heart check, he'll know, we'll know, is our heart, is it hurting? And if you're hurting, then we're here to help you. We're here to pray for you. We've been there. 
when your heart's hurting and you're like, I'm hurt. I can't serve right now. I'm a mess. I'm a stinking mess all over the floor. See, look. (laughs) Have you been there? I've been there. And I'm like, help. If you're there, we don't expect you to set up chairs today. We don't expect you to, but let's get you healed. Let's get you whole so that you can be effective for his work, for his glory, so that people can benefit from the ministry that is within you, right? And for the rest of us, I just want to throw this out there, just like we did last week about giving. Our whole life is about giving. It's not just about giving of your money or giving of your time. Or We like to compartmentalize everything. I'm just going to give God this and these are mine. We decided last week we're going to live a life of giving, right? This week we're going to decide we are going to live a life of serving, of ministering. So when you're at home with your kiddos and they hit that place where you're like, oh, goodness, I'm going to wring your little neck. Okay, no, maybe I'll take this as a time for that little life lesson. And you serve them because you take time to minister to them instead of go to your room or whatever your default, you know, thing is. And decide to minister to that, whatever the root of their action is going on. You are serving your family. You're ministering to your family. When you're at your job and you've got that bonehead employee, coworker that you don't like, that you rubs you the wrong way or whatever, how about you serve them? How about you honor them and love them and minister to them? I know it's not hard. It's not easy. It's hard. But that's what we're called to. We are not called to a life of convenience. We're not called to a life that makes you yeah. feel good. We are called to minister, right? right. Those, those words were the same, minister and serve. And we like to say, oh, ministry happens in the church. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It happens there and everywhere. It should be happening at the grocery store when you bump into someone who's upset. It should happen with your kids. It should happen at your job. It should happen in your home. We're usually we're the ugliest, right? Because it's, oh, it's just my family. They can see the ugly side. Let's minister to our spouses. What if we allowed the Lord to do a heart check today and thought, hmm, I'm kind of serving out of bitterness. I'm kind of serving out of resent- you know, resenting this. And I'm hurt. And so I've been, mm, I've been just, I'm serving out of that. That's what I'm serving out of. What if we allowed God to say, all right, come in and check my heart. Make sure it's clean. You can do whatever you want. Wash me clean. I want to serve. I want you to manufacture it, and I want to distribute it. Everywhere that I go, I want to minister. You think we can do that? All right, well, let's all stand up for a moment, if you will. I just want you to place your hand on your heart. Close your eyes. Dear Lord, we've learned tonight that to serve is to minister. To minister is to serve. We don't want to keep our life, God. We want to lay it down. We want it to be yours. So, Father, we ask that you put your stethoscope on our heart. Make us clean, O God. Wash us white as snow. Wash us pure. So that as we minister and serve, we're not doing it in our own strength or out of our own hurts or out of our own agendas. Lord, that we truly are giving from you and from your heart that we're giving the pureness and the love and the kindness and the care and the honor and all of the things that come from you, that we could be distributors of that, of who you are, and that we would serve out of that heart to bring you glory, to bring you honor, to bless your name. Out of our love for you, that we would pour out to this church body, 
to the body of Christ, to the people we bump into, to our families, that we would truly take on a life of serving. Not on our terms or not when it's convenient, not when it feels good or we have time, but all the time. That we would wake up and say, Lord, how may I serve you today? Lord, how may I serve you today? How may I serve you, God? We dedicate our lives to God. And we want to be your servants. We want to be your tools. We want to be your ministering hands and feet and eyes and hearts and love and finances or whatever it is that you choose. Funnel it through us, God. As members and family of Impact Rock, as Christians and believers, that is what we are called to, Lord, and we want to please you. So, Lord, I just ask that if there's any place in our hearts that are hurting, that you would come and bring your healing, God. If there have been any words spoken to us that have been offensive or hurtful, Lord, that you would come and you would speak life over us and speak truth over who we are. If there's bitterness or anger or unforgiveness, Lord, help us to choose to forgive just as you so freely forgave us, God. And let us be hearts, let us have hearts that are washed and pure so that we can be effective in serving you and serving your church. In Jesus' name, amen.